This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to a comics edition of the Animaniacast. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. This is the only podcast out there that's dedicated to the animated television series Animaniacs. And each week we discuss a different episode. We talk about all the different cultural references and gags that we can find. And, you know, we also talk about Tiny Toon Avengers, Pinky the Brain, and Freakazoid. But today we're talking about an Animaniacs comic book. Woohoo! <laughs> I am Joey, and joining me over in California is my brother, Nathan. But you can call me the purple one. <laughs> yes. Okay, purple one. <laughs> Maybe that will make sense to people if we get around to talking about that part in this comic book we're talking about today. <laughs> we're talking about issue number 15 of Animaniacs, which has the cover date of July of 1996. Ooh. And this comic book is our first opportunity to talk about the side characters, I guess you could say. Yeah. The second bananas, as they're put in, in you know, one of the comics. But uh, we don't really feature the Warners in this comic book at all. Yeah, I mean, they're in a panel or two, but... That's about it. Yeah, exactly. Well, more than just a two panels, but you yeah, know. I guess. But, still. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Nathan, if you were to describe this comic in just a few words, what would you say? Um, it's the Animaniacs because it's all of them. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> Too often we say Animaniacs and we refer to the Warners, but truly, the Animaniacs are. All the side people, right? You know, all the side yeah, characters. It, it, otherwise, it would just be called the Warner Brothers. Exactly. Which would get confusing. <laughs> and Sister Don. On, yeah, I guess. <laughs> the Warners, I guess, would be the best Yes, stuff. the Warners, <laughs> but, which would still be confusing. Yeah. Yeah. I should be like, yeah. I don't want to be this. All right. Well, the cover. Let's talk about the cover of today's issue. Now, I really, this is, I hate to spoil this for everybody, but at least for me, the cover of this comic was the highlight of the entire issue. Uh, Nathan, why don't you describe what, what's the cover? What's, what's going on on it? Um, well, we've got is it pesto and, uh, he's, he's screaming. His mouth is very big and he's saying, uh, you laughing at me? What do you, what do you think? I'm funny like a clown. Do I amuse ya? And, uh, yeah, spit is flying out of his mouth. His bottom jaw looks a little yeah, weird. Yeah, I, I was just about but... to say his bottom jaw. Now that I look a little closer <laughs> at this issue. Uh, does look a little weird. Um, now I actually have. Let's let's hold this up to the the microphone here. Listen to that. Listen to that, everybody. That's Holy. A, that's that's actually a twenty three year old comic book in my hand right there. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but you may not be able to get the comic book in your hands. You can. I went to. Uh, I think it was my comic shop. Dot com. So you can order these online and you might find them in some, you know, comic book shops as well. But, you know, you can also go online and, you know, kind of search for some scans. I'm not quite sure that's necessarily legal, but uh, you, 
you can you can you can do it that way at least for a preview purpose right yeah right? yeah before you purchase exactly uh yeah. well anyway like you were saying nathan the beak of pesto it does look a little weird uh his hand or you know feathered fingers are uh, blocking a lot of it so i didn't even notice until you know he said how <laughs> big his mouth was and i was like yeah his bottom jaw almost looks like a pelican <laughs> going a little far down yeah well in spite of even d- despite that i still think this is the the best thing of the uh the cover it's just wonderful colors on it uh other than the jaw uh but <laughs> <laughs> just keep going back to this jaw. You know, exactly. now i can that's just... the only thing i could look at um okay that's well, the worst part of the comic i just can't. well if i you know this but seriously this if um actually ever get a chance to to meet chick Benera again in person i might have this comic book signed by him because mm. it's it's just him it's just you know it's just pesto so yeah i'm gonna have to go i'll have to go hunt down chick Benera and get this signed <laughs> <laughs> well uh let's go ahead and get right into it turning the page of course we have a a great hey we love superhero movies spider-man when we're re- you know, releasing this episode, Spider-Man is out in theaters right now. Home, That's far right. from home, far from home. And who could forget the amazing superhero film starring Billy Zane, The Phantom? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, a movie that I know was out and I could care less about. And so did a lot of people, apparently. I have no idea if it's good or bad or even watchable. But um, it was a movie and it was in theaters and no one could deny it was a movie <laughs> yes and i believe it was a flop if i'm not mistaken critics agree <laughs> they didn't do a very good it's they a didn't do a very good job of photoshopping that i mean maybe you want your hero because he's doing this like pose where he's like gonna punch this you know punch the camera or something like that to show mm-hmm. his phantom ring and he has hairy knuckles come on they could have sh- you could like photoshop hairy knuckles out of a this whatever poster that you're putting up for this that was the problem that's no why one wanted to see well. yep that no one wanted to see a hairy Get knuckle your hairy knuckles out of my face billy yep oh well it's the only place he still grows hair actually is on his knuckles unfortunately oh. <laughs> well let's talk about the first uh, comic right here the first story i guess it is uh this is called a change of face hello genius people Yakko Warner here. The only show we listen to in the Water Tower is the Animaniacast. I bet you can't guess why. Good night, everybody! And A Change of Face was written by Dana Curtin and Dan Slott. I think they wrote all the stories in this comic book, actually. Um, oh, wow. I think so. Uh, pencils, uh, Leonard... Leonardo Batic inks were Horatio Otini. Uh, Ot- Otini? I, <laughs> I think that's how you say it. I can't even really read. I, I either need glasses or they just needed to print these uh, letters better because this is blurry. Uh, letters by Bob Panaha. Sorry, Bob. Uh, colors by Jerome Yunker. Uh, basically, uh, in this story, it's a very. It's actually only two pages long. The Warners are talking about how. They go in 
to get plastic surgery. That's how they look so young after all these years. And mm -hmm. so Dot talks about how she, you know, she's going in to get cuter and Yakko comes out to say he got a tummy tuck, even though he, I guess Dot really can't really notice. Um, the doctor warns Dot, however, though, that, uh, you know, she, uh, she, he's worried that she can't get cuter. He says, well, Dot, studies show if you get any cuter, you would exceed Norman... Sorry, Norman expendation? Norman hu normal human tolerance levels <laughs> of for cuteness. Uh, you can say that again. Uh, <laughs> no. Uh, Dot says, you're right. How can, I, how can you improve on this face? Uh, well, anyway, Wacko's done. <laughs> and Wacko comes out dressed as a miniature Michael Jackson. And in fact, other than the little ears poking out of his head, uh, he has Michael Jackson's face and uh, little shoulder pads with the tassels on it and stuff. And it's quite upsetting and weird. Yeah. And so, yeah, he says, hey, look what you can get free with a nose job. Uh, so they, Yakko and Dot, put a bag on his head and say, it's going to take a while to fix this, so see you next month. And so, in other words, don't expect to see the Warners a lot in this because they have to fix Swacko's face. <laughs> so that's your intro right there to that. And Nathan, uh, what did you think about this uh, short little... It's almost like a Sunday comic. It's so short. Mm -hmm. It's only like eight or ten, eight to ten panels, I think. Yeah. It's pretty short. It's very short. Uh... I guess that's good. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I did think it was interesting, by the way, uh, when he came out as Michael Jackson. I was thinking this morning, oh, one of Michael Jackson's nicknames was, because people thought he was so crazy, was Wacko Jacko. Mm. And, well, there you go. I don't know if they were going off of that when they put Wacko as Michael Jackson, but it was a thing that, you know, the National Enquirer would put up on the on stuff so wacko jacko right there <laughs> well nathan uh the next story is a rita and runt story and uh it is called mace ventura pet hunter and mace ventura pet hunter was written by dave king okay so i take it back the I guess those... You, you lied. Before. I lied. I was mistaken. I know that Dana Curtin uh, wrote other stuff, so whatever. Dave <laughs> King wrote <laughs> this one, though. Uh, Leonardo Batic uh, penciled it. Scott McRae inked it. Agnes Panaha did the letters. And Jerome Juncker was the guy who did all the coloring. All the pretty colors. The pretty colors. And... Uh, Nathan, tell us what happens here in this Rita and Runt comic. Well, Rita and Runt are very excited to finally be in a comic. They have a whole couple panels talking about how they've been missing from uh, up to this point, and uh, they're just happy to be back. And um, they're walking on the street, and this uh, car drives by with this very rich woman, um, and she's just saying how no one understands what it's like to be so incredibly rich. Um, and she notices that, you know, this cat and dog, they seem to be so friendly to each other. It would be so lovely to have them stuffed and put somewhere in her house. So it would just be such an, a, a wonderful addition 
to her collection. So um, she tries to coerce them into the car, but of course they run away in the other direction. But uh, she uh, knows how to get them. She's going to call Mace Ventura, uh, pet detective or something. Is that right? No, Mace Ventura, pet hunter. Hunter, okay. Because... <laughs> uh, Nothing, nothing like Ace Ventura. Uh, don't get that confused. Uh, Other than him looking exactly like him. But anyway, go ahead. saying some of the catchphrases kind of similar to him. Uh, <laughs> Rita's about to sing a song about how happy she is that they got away when Runt tells her that they can't sing songs because it's a comic book and no one would understand what they're doing. So they decide not to sing a song and instead a whole bunch of cats and dogs and even uh, squid flies by them running away from something and it turns out it's mace ventura uh mm. he's i think he's one of them is the, newt by the way from the minerva the, he's just colored wrong oh yeah he's colored weird though yeah like so it must be a different dog but it looks <laughs> like it definitely looks like a a newt ish dog anyway, yeah so they're running away from mace ventura oh boy uh he's got them cornered he's he's gonna catch the critters um he brings out a giant like machete. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a Bowie knife, I believe, but it is okay. huge. It's cartoonishly huge. Yeah. Um. But run runs right into him and knocks him over. Um. And they they they've escaped. Rita says, "You're so brave, Runt." And uh, the now now Mace Ventura is gonna jump on him from a building, and he's still got his 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 sword his Spine slitter sword. It really is like a disturbingly big <laughs> knife. Um, but he, he's going to spring yeah. the trap. Yeah. Uh, so he's jumping like from three stories on top of him, and Runt sees a fire hydrant, so he rushes to go to the bathroom, and uh, Mace just hits the ground, and he's uh, terribly injured, I bet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so we're going on. Um, now Mace, um, after a hugely relieved runt, um, Mace shows up in an airplane and starts shooting at him. And while well, they, 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 they're dodging the bullets or whatever. Um, and, uh, Rita has an idea how to clip his wings. And it's basically to, uh, fly it right into the old lady's car. And both the old lady and Mace survive, but they decide not to hunt Reed and Runt anymore. And because uh, they crashed into each other somehow, yeah. that was the weirdest wrap up for this comic book, right there. Mm-hmm. Just, just miraculously, he decided to fly really low and just coincidentally run into of all cars his boss's car. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Somebody stop me. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> well, he didn't say that. He should have, but that's a mask reference, I guess. So whatever. <laughs> Although he did say uh, a uh, an Ace Ventura line somewhat, right? First of all, he do- he does look exactly um like um well almost like a Mad Magazine version of Jim Carrey, like really exaggerated teeth, um, an evil smile, almost like if if uh, Ace Ventura and Chucky had a kid or something like it's a very weird combination looks really twisted and demented and evil uh but he says well all righty now yeah instead of all righty then yeah so yeah so it's and he says a lot of like warmth i don't know like does does 
Ace Ventura say these like snurks and things like I that? I don't know. He says a snurk a few times, doesn't he? Snurk. He says hanurk and fnurk. <laughs> it's snurk. It's snurk. And um, oh, when he hits the ground, he says krumprk. I, yeah, I I don't I don't remember. Um, and I've seen the movie a few times. Uh, right. I don't remember uh, Jim Carrey's catchphrase schmirk. Um but maybe I'm maybe I just haven't seen the, the movie enough. I don't I don't know. Uh by the way, let's just go to the the spoil the the end of this. The uh Ace Ventura when nature calls is being promoted in this very issue. Yeah. It's it's well, on yeah. pay-per-view right now. So, you know, this is Ace Ventura is very much in the uh in people's minds. Um, well, uh, Nathan, what did you think about this, uh, Rita and Runt comic? Um, it was, uh, it was fine. Um, I liked when Runt said the writer couldn't think of lyrics for a song. was why Rita couldn't sing. Yeah, they mention a U2 video, right? Like, yeah, I didn't know what they were talking about. Did you? No, he says, uh, he says, oh, I'm sorry, but I don't think the writer of this strip can handle lyrics. Nope, definitely no. No experience except that U2 video when they provided the lyrics. So, I have no idea what he's talking about. I mean, you talking you two to me? So, I don't know. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, well, anyway, that that's, uh, that's that. It was nice to see Rita and Runt back. And I did like, like you were saying, the whole, you know, the, how she wants to sing, but it's hard to do that in a comic book. I just wish the comic was a little bit better. I did like the fact, however, that they were doing an actual celebrity caricature. Yeah. You know, you knew who this was going to be when they had other opportunities to do so. They didn't. So at least this one time they did. And it almost looked like there was a, I know there was an Ace Ventura cartoon show and it almost looks a little bit like that caricature of Ace Ventura, but Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just, I was not a big fan of Ace Ventura when it came out because everybody in high school was saying, all righty then, and uh, talking with their butt and all these different things. And it was pretty annoying. You know? And funny. <laughs> it's funny in the movie. It's definitely not funny when your friends keep doing it and they think they're funny because they did something that they saw in a film. Uh, anyway, that's that story. Let's go ahead and move on to uh, another one right here. It was just called cannoli or nothing hi animaniacast podcast this is chick venera as pesto the pigeon that's a mouthful why would you do that to someone why okay that's it i'm out of here and cannoli or nothing is a story written by dana Curtin and dan slot see see i told you nathan uh penciler was leonardo Batic. Inker Scott McCraig, letterer Bob Panaha, and colorist was Dave Tanguay. And basically in this story, this is the Good Feathers, they're back. And it starts off, you know, Pesto, go figure, is about to attack Squit. Uh, and I gotta say, I'm a little uh, disappointed they didn't start off the comic with as far back as I can remember. They didn't do it. Mm. Ah, it's like, what you're supposed to do in a Good Feathers cartoon, don't you know? 
but it doesn't. It starts off with, uh, it started out as a regular day in the big city for the Good Feathers. Bobby, Pesto, and me, Squit. Eh, whatever. Pesto yeah. is uh, about to get uh, Squit because Squit apparently called him an inspiration. And uh, Squit thought he said perspiration. So he says, you think I'm some big, sweaty, B.O.-type guy over here? Is that what you're saying? But before he can attack Squit, the God Pigeon comes by, and the God Pigeon tells them that he wants a cannoli. So they go up to this pigeon uh, building. It's like a full... Like, usually in the Goodfeathers cartoons, they don't go to a building that is uh, specifically designed for birds. But in this case, it's a it's actually full... Full, full restaurant uh, with little miniature tables and miniature tablecloths, and mm-hmm. and uh, even the some of the characters are wearing clothes. And uh, yeah, already I'm a little off. Like this doesn't seem like the comic. Strike two against you right there, <laughs> comic book. Um, well, anyway, they look into the glass display and they see one last cannoli. But before they can get it. It's taken and delivered to a Frank Sinatra-ish type bird. What's this guy's name? Um, Frank Pigeonatra. Ah, so creative. Like a yeah, <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, they're all starstruck and uh, they're like, "Oh, geez, you know, hey, you go ahead and enjoy that." And then they just walk out and they, sl- you know, Bobby slaps himself on the head and goes, "Tia tarfu tartufo." The God Pigeon. We forgot all about his cannoli. So on goes their little... That's their setup. And now they got to <laughs> figure out how to get the cannoli. They try going in uh, as tourists. They all dress up as tourists. Again, dressing up a little weird for the, the pigeons, but whatever. The miniature cameras around their neck. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway. Where did they get these tiny cameras I know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Um, they go over to him and they're like, Oh, we can't believe it's, you know, Frank Pigeon, Pigeonati or whatever, Frenatra, Panatra, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they ask him to sing, so he sings some of his songs like, Start cooing the news, I'm migrating today, I'll make a brand new mark on it, New York, New York. Mm-hmm. And they end up singing with him. And, pluck uh, me a lady tonight. Pluck me a lady tonight. Yep, that's a funny. Uh, <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> well, that didn't work because they actually just like got star so starstruck again that they said, "Oh, we forgot to get the cannoli again." So they decided to go in once again. This part was weird to me because if you're doing Frank Sinatra impression or a Frank Sinatra parody, it doesn't quite make sense. I don't think. Uh, Squit dresses up as a girl, and he says, Frank, darling, and the Frank P- Pigeonatra, or whatever character says, Nancy, you crazy kid, I didn't know you were in town, how's Ronnie? Uh, and then he kisses her hand, uh, and then <laughs> Squit gets so starstruck that he passes out, uh, like, you know, and just goes, oh, Frankie, and passes out, and Pesto has to take Squid out, and he says, "But Pesto, that's Frankie, baby." So now, is that Nancy Reagan? Is that what? Oh, that's what it is. For, okay, I'm, thank you. Okay, thank you for clearing that up for me because that does make more sense now. Because I thought when I saw 
him say Nancy, I thought Nancy Sinatra. And I was like, why mm. would Nancy Sinatra, his daughter, freak out so much about, you know, Frank Sinatra? But now it makes more sense. Yes. And, and also why she has her hair or he has this wig on that uh, is somewhat reminiscent of Nancy Reagan's hair. It's wearing a red dress. So yeah, thank and why, you. Why yes, where Ronnie is? How's Ronnie? Yep. Thank you for explaining Reagan. that reference. It's yeah, it's a little. I didn't get it until just now. I was like, I'm sure that's some sort of celebrity of someone that he's dressing up. I don't know. Yep. We'll figure it out when we read it. Nancy Reagan. Well, anyway. Well, the what is this? The third time now. Pesto's coming up, and uh, I'm not exactly sure what Pesto's uh, thing was. <laughs> Uh, who's going to be a, a a waiter and maybe sneak the cannoli away? I think so. Uh, perhaps. But uh, he goes, hey, you waiter. He goes, you talking to me? You talking to me? He goes, yeah, I need another cappuccino, you kooky kid. Kooky kid? Kooky kid? What do you mean by that? Are you saying that I'm a kooky? You're saying that I, I am a kooky kid? Do I look like a quirky baby goat? Is that what you're saying? He goes, yeah. And then Pesto just goes, oh. Okay, and uh, <laughs> and then he just kind of leaves like that, and so they finally decide that Bobby's going to go in. Bobby comes in as the cook and just yanks away the cannoli and says that, "Oh, you don't want to eat that cannoli. That cannoli is uh, was made and uh, it's not good." Let me just say that the the cook backstage or back in the kitchen, I should say. Is uh, has intestinal flu, and uh, yeah, it's pretty bad. So of course Frank Sinatra goes, "Oh, get it away from me!" Or fake pig and not pitcher Sinatra, whatever his name is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, they are able to get the cannoli. They put it in a <laughs> treasure box of some sort. Yep. <laughs> okay, and they give it to the god pigeon. The god pigeon thanks them for it and says uh, he wanted to give the cannoli. Uh, special for his dear friend who just came into the city uh, just to eat them. He's a great entertainer, and it's Frank Pigeonatra, and uh, they're all shocked, and so is Frank Pigeonatra, who sees a cannoli inside, a, inside this box and is scared of it. Even I mean, though, why should he be? Yeah, not all cannolis are bad, Frank. Well, maybe he had such a bad experience that, you know, it's kind of like if you just... Went, like, if you just went to go eat, like, a burger, and there was a cockroach inside the burger, mm-hmm. would you want to eat another, another burger? Probably yeah. not. So maybe that's why. I, I, I guess I'll buy the, oh, no, reaction from Frank Pinchinantra, but uh, I don't know. That That's the end of the Good Feathers <laughs> comic. Well, Nathan, any, any moments in this comic that you thought were of note? Um, I was hoping they were going to say something like, um, leave the something, take the cannoli, you know, like a ah missed opportunity, right? Not once, so waiting for it, Not like once. Ah, there's so many, so many times they could have done it. Now, what do you think about the whole miniature? Were you thrown off with the whole clothes and the and the miniature restaurant just for pigeons and? No, stuff? I don't think about those things. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of like if. They, they, didn't, they don't I mean, do they have that. Teeth, so that's weird that's enough. True. No, so. that's true. But it's like, I don't know. They don't. They, they never had this kind of stuff in a previous cartoon story. So 
it just seems out of place to me but uh, i'm trying to think if fiddler on the pigeon on the roof if they ever had clothes on or anything in that but i probably not mm, i don't know let us know folks if you remember yeah, the good feathers wearing that. any clothes whatsoever let us know but i am saying no they've never worn clothes on the show I'm I'm thinking they probably wore something. Never. Never. (laughs) They wore a ring. They wore a plastic ring from a soda can. And that was the only thing they've ever worn. They they were dressed as birds in the movie Birds. Okay, okay. They did. did, Okay, I take it back. They were dressed up as seagulls or something, right? Or (laughs) ravens or something. I don't know. Okay. But other than the costume... They've never worn clothes to, like, like in West Side Pigeons. They had perfect opportunities to wear clothes or something in that, and they never did. Because they don't naturally wear clothes unless they're on a Hollywood set. There. There you go. That's (sighs) that's a statement. Well, um, well, those are, you know, characters that we have not seen too much, especially, you know, Rita and Runt. Uh, on the comic, I'm sorry, on the cartoon series, you know, especially, mm-hmm. uh, they just kind of went away. But there's another character that we really didn't see much of that makes her return in this issue, and that's Minerva Mink. <laughs> and Minerva Mink is uh, right here with Shopping Beauty. And Shopping Beauty was written by Dana Curtin. Penciler was Neil Sternecki. Inker was Scott McRae. Letterer was uh, Teresa. Ooh, it's all—it's written in very fancy lettering. Teresa Davidson. And colorist was Joe Mignot. Very tiny, very fancy lettering at the bottom of this, I think. so. Nathan, tell us what happens here in Shopping Beauty. All right, well, Minerva's in her house, and she's getting ready to go, and some squirrels are looking outside, like, looking at her through the window, and the male squirrel gets really big bug eyes and gets punched by his wife or whatever. And Minerva's uh, talking about how she was cursed as a child um, by a witch who said she would be smart and beautiful and then put a curse on her, and that curse was called Instant Credit with five free months interest-free very something. weird amount of uh, interest-free credit. Five months, not six or twelve. Not six, or... Mm-hmm. No, five. That is a curse. It's a very weird number. Um, so she takes her uh, she takes her credit card to the mall. Uh, Mickey is there and gets thrown into the ceiling, or so we think. I mean, they don't show Mickey's face; they just show yeah, his. But but you got his shoes, you got his pants. Yeah, got his we, we know it's Mickey Mouse. Um, someone died because they loved her so much. There's also there. there's also a store called Ub Eyeworks right there, and uh, Ub Eyeworks actually helped design Mickey Mouse and worked with Walt Disney. There you, you go, know that Nathan. But yeah, little and animation I think joke. Jeffrey the giraffe, I think, is also there. Is that who that's supposed to be? I would I, think so. Right? I'm not sure. There's a giraffe. It must be Jeffrey the giraffe. Is he wear like a tie? Like no, Jeffrey? I don't think so. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe I'm just. Um, and even the Warners are there, and they hop out of a trash can, and they say, hey, "We've got Prince Albert in a can," um, which I don't know why you would. Isn't that tobacco, right? Yeah. You're just offering a woman tobacco, and then uh, Wacko's like, "Why don't you let him out?" And then that's when Dot hits them both with a mallet, and then they're gone for that. Uh, the weirdest <laughs> intro for them to they say, "Hello, nurse. We have Prince Albert in a can." 
Yeah, like I. Th- that's what they have to say. Like that's your I, pickup line. That's your, that's pickup line. It doesn't um, work, folks. Don't try that on girls. It really doesn't work. I don't think offering them chewing tobacco or smoking tobacco. I, <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Um, you know, there are lots of cameos in this. Next, we have Plucky and what's the female duck? Shirley the, the Loon. Shirley, Shirley Loon. So yeah. Um, and meanwhile, she's still she's getting shoes, and she's like, "Oh, where can my prince? Where can he be?" And then. Uh, she hears a voice. Oh, you called for a prince? And she looks, and there's a bunch of dogs, and they're all called prince. Uh, one of them's called kings, and one of them's rex, which is uh, Latin for king. And uh, one of those dogs is runt. So yeah. I don't know why he's there. And Huckleberry uh, Hound. He's yeah. right there. So I don't he, know why he's they're... proposing. Uncle Huckleberry Hound yeah. is ready to propose to her. And it looks like they might have the dog that there's a couple of Looney Tunes dogs there. Um. Oh, yeah. The one that says, uh, "What's what about Rex? That's King in Latin. I think that's a Looney Tunes dog. He had one or two ones, and then they have the yeah, sheep dog. Kind of like they had the sheep dog on the left hand side, who like against the wolf, uh, once or twice. So yeah, some more cameos. Well, she's unimpressed and just walks so walks all over them, and then um, we find someone that was formerly known as Prince. Um, it's the artist, formerly known as Prince, uh, but then changed his name back to Prince eventually. So, but now he's no longer living. So it's, I don't know what he's, to call him. You're formally known as, yeah. You're look. You're formally known as Prince is here, and he kind of looks like Prince, I guess, right? Yeah, he's supposed to be Prince, you know. And then uh, he's supposed to zip her up, and then she finds out that his name is actually just a symbol right now, and it's no longer Prince. And that's when he says, "You can call me the Purple One." <laughs> um, and so, hence what I said at the beginning of the yes. thing. So we got there. Uh, <laughs> she he, she drops the card and just walks away from him. Um, and there's a yeah. Prince reference, another Prince song reference in there. Did you see it? Uh, Purple Rain? No, is no. it the Boysenberry Barretts? Yeah. Boy- berets. <laughs> Instead oh, okay. of Raspberry Beret. Uh, Boysenberry Beret. 90% off. Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Pretty uh, hilarious. Uh, but nothing but then, as hilarious as the next Prince, right? Oh, man. So you, you want <laughs> Prince. You got one from England. Uh, Prince... <sighs> What is his name? Charles. <laughs> Charles. With his big ears and a big nose. Uh, but his head just catches on fire. And, you know, she loses more princes that way, I guess. And then she's ready to check out. And the cashier is very attractive. So she's melting and uh, going all crazy and jumps in his arms. And then starts chasing him out the building. And that's the end. And the Warners are chasing after her. Then two, I think. Yeah, I think that... including that one Yogi Berra, Capybara. What was that guy's name? Capy the Capybara. Smarter than the average Capybara. Yeah, something like that. I think that guy's right. chasing him too. <laughs> uh, Plucky's has a the bag on his head from Shirley, apparently, who hit him with a inside his. It's from the Anvil outlet, so one can assume that he was hit with something hard. But they all chase her away out the door. Um, wow. That was a one-joke wonder story, wasn't it? But cameos galore. Cameos, um, cameos, cameos by 
sometimes real characters and sometimes knockoff characters. Yeah. <laughs> well, so other than the cameos, was there anything of note that you wanted to, to, to say about this last one here? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that uh, Minerva did look a little different. I did like the way she was drawn in this, mm-hmm. um, but she had kind of just a just a rounder face, I think, right here. Um, yeah, I, she, you know, it looked different. Um, nothing, nothing uh, better about her design, but it was a different type of design. But it still looked, it still looked good. Well, let's go ahead and get to our water tower rating. Well, Nathan, let's get to it. What do you think about issue number 15 of Animaniacs? How many water towers would you give it out of five? Um, how about like uh, two and a half? Two that and a half? Like middle-ish? That is pretty middle-ish. Why? Um, you know, it's just like, it's like fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nothing like upsetting i guess but it's just also not like very good so. yeah you know i'm gonna give it two just because it wasn't like you said there was nothing bad about it necessarily i was glad to see characters that i hadn't seen for a while at least in the cartoon series get some a moment to shine unfortunately they didn't really shine the stories mm. were pretty dim <laughs> and not <laughs> good at all in fact and so i didn't laugh i didn't i mean there was like you said if there's one thing i guess the cameos were somewhat cute so i'll give Mm -hmm. i'll give them that um but some of the cameos were just creepy like the ace ventura knockoff i was not a fan of well let's go ahead and get to I guess some contact information. Nathan, where can people get in contact with you online? Well, Joey, I'm on Twitter. Uh, DjangoFT, that's me. All right. And as for the Animaniacast, you can find us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. And, uh, hey, Discord. If you're into that new hip thing called Discord, well, then you should join the RetroZap group. You can get a welcome link by going to Discord. Animaticast.com, and then you can get linked right on over to the RetroZap group. It is honestly one of the most positive places that you'll ever find for talking about pop culture. So whether it's talking about Animaniacs, or talking about uh, comics, or collecting, or music, or movies, or whatever, uh, RetroZap's Discord has you covered, because RetroZap.com just talks about everything pop culture so whether it's articles that you want to read over there or tons of different podcasts discussing all sorts of pop you know pop culture uh things uh retro zap has you covered in fact hey subscribe to the retro zap podcast feed on your favorite podcast player and you can get every single one of retro zap's podcasts including this one delivered straight to your device for free Mm. infotainment well that'll do it for today's episode so for nathan this is joey saying good night everybody good night everybody
This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, Tiny Toon Adventures, Freakazoid, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademarking copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacast unless otherwise indicated.